The following email is from Mike. Great website. Here is an important question. Are we to fight and expose the evil of the coming New World Order, One World Government? I have found many Christian people on the Internet who are exposing the tactics of evil through showing the true motives of those groups that would support a One World Government. Please help us on this issue. Dear Brother Mike, thank you for the edifying message in your question. The entire focus of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ is the redemption of the souls of men and women and the deliverance of these souls, the promise of eternal life. In case your reference to fight meant physically fighting against the coming new world order, it is important to recognize that Jesus did not attempt to overthrow Roman rule or to cause a revolt against the hypocrisy of Jewish authority because his kingdom is not of this world. John chapter 18, verses 35 and 36, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. All the evils of sin are to be denounced by the children of God first for the protection of our own souls, and also for the purpose of converting lost souls who are traveling down the highway of doom. Even though we denounce the evil of the coming one-world government of the Antichrist and the one-world church, etc., it must be noted that these events are prophesied by the Word of God. They are inevitable. They position the carnal world as we know it for its day of reckoning. Actually, in this is hidden the blessing of the righteous, the great taking up of the church to meet Christ in the clouds awaits the advent of the man of sin, the son of perdition. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, as God, excuse me, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. On this site, we've spent considerable time on this principle in the five-part series titled 21 Signs of Doomsday, Parts 1, 2, 3, and 4, and 21 Signs of Doomsday Updated. As followers of Christ, we should speak out against all evil for the purpose of the protection of our own souls, as well as in the effort to convert the souls who are traveling down the highway of doom. The following email is from Brother Greg. Hello, I really enjoy your website. I have recommended it to several people who ask questions similar to the issues that you address. I have a question of my own that no one seems to be able to answer satisfactorily. 
Will we have free will in heaven? If no, then how do you explain Lucifer's desires while in heaven, which led to him being cast out of heaven? Thank you for your time, as well as your website. Dear Brother Greg, thank you for your edifying message and your question. Your inquiry is a very serious one, which has arisen in the minds of countless believers. This question requires serious contemplation when one considers that in, that in exercising free will, Satan and a host of angels, as well as our own progenitor, Adam, and our great-grandmother Eve, decided to rebel against the God who created them. There is a foundational principle operating in this question that God said man said is dubbed the 180 principle. 180 refers to 180 degrees of the 360 degree, degree circumference of a circle representing exact opposites. In this creation, there are only two camps, the camp of God and the camp of Satan. There was only one voice, God's voice, in the Garden of Eden until the second voice was heard, and that was Satan's. Adherence to God's voice, obey. Adherence to Satan's voice, disobey God's words. The short list that follows demonstrates the 180 principle. God is life, Satan is death. God is love, Satan is hate. God is light, Satan is darkness. God is faith, Satan is unbelief. God is joy, Satan is sorrow. God is hope, Satan is hopelessness, etc. In this question, the presence and operation of the 180 principle will be obvious. Satan and the fallen angels, as well as Adam and Eve, had three things in common which are totally, totally, excuse me, alien to us. They were created sinless, spiritually alive, and immortal. Now for the demonstration of the 180 principle. We, on the other hand, were conceived in sin, Psalms 51.5, spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1 and Colossians 2.13, and totally mortal, fully subject to the law of sin and death. They were created immortal with a free will and chose disobedience and death. We were created mortal with a free will and chose obedience and life. Satan and his entourage are 180 degrees out from our position in Christ. As servants of Christ upon this earth, we continually exercise our free will on a daily basis, rejecting sin for Christ. In this process, we are being translated into Christ's likeness, a few verses follow. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Colossians 3.10 And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. When we finally see Christ, we will be as he is. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, 
but then shall I know, even as also I am known. While exercising our free will, we are rejecting disobedience and death, and embracing obedience, which is life, and the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the first voice. The mind of Christ is the mind of God. Jesus speaks in John 12, verses 48 through 50. He that rejecteth me, and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the word which I sent, but the Father, excuse me, which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say, and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting, whatsoever I speak, therefore, as the Father said unto me, so I speak. John chapter 14, verses 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. The mind of Christ is the mind of the Father. He is one with his Father. John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We are required to enter into that same oneness where there is only one voice. John chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. By our own free will, we have chosen to cast off the bondage of the second voice, and to surrender to the first voice and become one with God's truth. We have made our decision, and as we strive to enter in, we will be made perfect in Christ's likeness. At this juncture, and according to the exercising of free will, we are the mind of Christ, which is the mind of his Father. Then it is no longer possible to sin. First John chapter 3, verse 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for a seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Brother Greg, it's the 180. Satan and his group of rebellious angels and Adam and Eve were created sinless, spiritually alive, and immortal. They exercised free will and chose sinful disobedience, death, and eternal damnation. We, on the other hand, were conceived in sin, spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, and totally mortal, fully subject to the law of sin and death. We chose sinless obedience and life in the image of Christ and ultimately eternal, everlasting life. It's the 180.